The Writer Files, a member of the Podglomerate Network. I want to mention a great resource for writers, and this month's sponsor, Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories. I'll expound later in the show, but the short version is this long-awaited book about the craft of creative writing from New York Times bestselling author Steve Almond sets out to debunk the well-meaning but misguided myths that hold us back from writing our deepest and most honest work. Pick up a copy today of Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, wherever you buy books, more soon. Greetings, scribes. I have got some exciting news to share. The Writer Files now has an exclusive Patreon community where subscribers will get exclusive access to uncut ad-free interviews, a writer's happy hour, bonus breakdowns, and content from productivity and publishing experts each month. In the meantime, just head over to patreon.com slash thewriterfiles. It's free to join Patreon to get a preview and you can upgrade anytime. That's patreon.com slash thewriterfiles. Help us start something special. I think when when we're talking about surrealism or fiction that's strange, it it has a way of cutting it off from reality when when you categorize it like that, and not you when one categorizes uh-huh. it like that. And I, I I really think of myself as a realist writer in some ways because I think that the world doesn't stop with my understanding of it. You know, I think there are things that. <laughs> at the bottom of the ocean, for example, or just even in our own consciousness that we don't have access to, that we can't visualize, that we can't even really approach. And so the world is surreal. You know, the real is surreal. And I think I'm just interested in the parts of reality that are a little bit more invisible or hard hmm. to address. So that's, yeah, but I, I think, <laughs> I don't know. That's, I think of myself as a realist. I really do. And welcome back to The Writer Files. I am your humble host, Kelton Reed, wishing you pages, patience, and perseverance per usual. Critically acclaimed author Hilary Leichter spoke to me about why she thinks of herself as a realist, how her life imitates art, finding a novel hidden in her closet, and her latest terrorist story. Hilary is an award-winning short story writer, and the author of the novel Temporary, which was a finalist for the Center for Fiction First Novel Prize and a New York Public Library Young Lions Fiction Prize that was also long listed for the Penn Hemingway Award and was named a New York Times Editor's Choice and Best Book of 2020 by NPR, L. Vulture, and Publishers Weekly. Her latest novel, Terrorist Story, on sale August 29th, 2023 from Echo, is described as an intimate exploration of time, a fable about love, and an epic daydream for a broken-hearted world. Bookless said of the book, Terrorist story is fun and profound, fickle and erudite. It is an irresistibly cool book. Hernan Diaz, Pulitzer Prize-winning author of Trust, said of the author, Hillary's one of our most original novelists and amazes us again with a beautifully unclassifiable novel. Hillary teaches at Columbia University, where she's an undergraduate creative writing advisor. Her writing has appeared in The New Yorker, N Plus One, New York Times, Conjunctions, and elsewhere. Her work in Harper's Magazine won the 2021 National Magazine Award for Fiction. In this file, Hillary and I discussed why it never seems to get easier. 
slingshotting from rejection to literary darling, why her first book was about a woman with many jobs set in the gig economy, the writing habits she fears are unhealthy, revisiting the poetics of space, the definition of reverse research, and a lot more. Stay calm and write on. And don't forget, you can always support this show by heading to writerfiles.fm, where you can also sign up for email updates and other resources for writers. And if you're a fan of The Writer Files, please click follow to automatically see new interviews in your podcatcher as soon as they're published and drop us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you tune in to help other writers find us. We are back on The Writer Files today. I am very honored to be joined by an esteemed guest. I have educator, award-winning short story, author, writer, author extraordinaire, Hillary Leichter is joining us. Thank you for taking the time to do this today. Thanks for having me, Kelton. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I can't wait to talk to you about the forthcoming and this really fantastic, uh, interesting career of yours and all things writing. Um, What's the vibe over there? Are you in New York City presently? I am. I'm in sweaty, sweaty Brooklyn. So, Mm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah. I know of this place. (laughs) You do. You've heard of it. Um, well, that's cool. So Sweaty Brooklyn, and of course, we're all kind of suffering um, some of the hottest temperatures uh, ever. Literally in, in the history of the world, right? That's what they're saying. Yeah. Can't be good. Can't be a good thing. It's not a good sign. No. But on a lighter note, <laughs> I can't wait to talk about Terrace Story and what you got cooking. But yeah, let's, as we do with so many authors, talk about your superhero origins because, (laughs) yeah, I guess this is your second novel, but um, you have, of course, been an author, an educator, um, an award-winning short story writer. Take us back a little bit and talk about kind of how you got to this place in your career with the second novel. Wow, very kind. I think that one of the things about being a writer that is helpful to know is that it never feels like you're very far along in your career. At least to me, there's always something you're working on and some project that you're trying to wrap your mind around. So I don't, I don't feel like I've gotten very far at all, but that's very kind of you. Um, well, I, I always kind of wanted to be a writer, but I think For me, when I was young, I didn't know how or I didn't think that it was something you could do. I didn't think it was a career. I knew it was a career, but I don't I didn't know any working writers. It didn't seem like there was any road to get there. So I wrote. I always wrote. But um, I was interested in the arts in a broader sense. And I I did a lot of performing when I was a a kid and a teenager and on through college and right after college. Um, I was a singer and an actress and I was also writing plays. And that seemed like an entry point that I kind of understood. Um, And I loved the collaborative side of theater and making that kind of art with a group of people. And then from there, I, I started writing short stories and thinking about what it would look like to have more of a community because I wasn't really friends with other writers. I didn't know anyone who was doing the thing that I was doing except for a few, you know, treasured people from 
my undergraduate days. So I applied to grad school um, and I I made friends <laughs> and I, I suddenly had a community of like-minded people who were struggling with what it means to write a book and what that looks like and if it even matters anymore. And I was, my heart was full. Um, and so uh, from there, you know, it took probably another decade before my first novel came out. I was working many, many jobs and my first book is not autofiction, but it is about a woman who has many, many jobs. So it made its way onto the page. Uh, and then, you know, I, right now I, I teach and I write and um, I'm on strike right now for the Writers Guild, but I've done a little bit of writing for TV too. And I never, I, I never really thought that I would be able to write most of my time, but knock on wood, I've been very lucky. That's very cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. An inspiring story, obviously. Um, we talked to so many authors who say the same thing, you know, that it's like, it seems like a lifetime ago, but really, you know, uh, everyone kind of struggles in the beginning to figure out how to make a living mm -hmm. while you're doing the thing you love. Yeah. I don't think there's an answer to that. I was always scrambling, you know, and, uh, it's there's no there's no direct route, which makes it very confusing. And so, you know, you could get a job that's adjacent to being a writer. You could um, do what I did and work a bunch of unrelated jobs. And that kind of cobbled together looks like a salary, <laughs> one one complete salary. Um I I don't yeah I'm very uncomfortable giving any sort of advice on how to do it because I think it's really different for everyone and and for me I looking back on it it doesn't even make sense I don't even I don't even understand what I did um and I just had this kind of blind unearned confidence in <laughs> in the fact that it would work out which I didn't know that it would work out. I had no proof of that whatsoever. So, Amazing. Um, well, yeah. And, and of course the reception of your debut was pretty incredible. It was a finalist for the center for fiction, first novel prize, NYPL young lions fiction prize. Very cool. Love that establishment. Long listed for the Penn Hemingway award. I must've felt pretty amazing to be named best book of 2020 by, by a handful of, um, you know, uh, marquee publications, including NPR, um, Publishers Weekly, et cetera. And then, um, yeah, and then, and then you, you must be thinking to yourself, like, oh, how, how do I follow this up, right? <laughs> I just, my expectations were so unbelievably low. Uh, that book was rejected and rejected over and over again. When it was a finalist for those prizes, I was I was mystified that anyone even agreed that it was a novel because so many people had told me that it wasn't. So when it was a finalist for a first novel prize, it took me a second to get to the prize part. I was just thinking, wait, it is a novel. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> Someone said so. But I, I went in with just thinking, you know, wow, like, I, I can't believe I get to share my book with the world. And if five other people beyond my mother, read it, I will be just like happy forever, you know? And uh, yeah. it was an embarrassment of riches. I feel, I feel so lucky and grateful and, and yeah, it makes uh, 
it makes the second book a little daunting. <laughs> it really does. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Earlier in the show, I mentioned an invaluable resource for writers. Truth is the arrow, mercy is the bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories based on three decades of writing, failing, and trying again. Author Steve Almond is a beloved professor at Harvard and Wesleyan and the acclaimed New York Times bestseller of 12 books of fiction and nonfiction. And in Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, Steve employs the radical empathy he displayed as a co-host of the Dear Sugars podcast with Cheryl Strayed, where they explored the joys and trials of storytelling to explode myths that hold us back from writing our deepest and truest work. The book includes chapters on plot, character, and chronology, but travels far beyond the earnest intentions of most craft books. It also includes writing prompts to generate new work. Pulitzer Prize-winning author Richard Russo called it one of the best books on writing he's ever read, and also the funniest. Pick up a copy of Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories wherever you buy books, and add it to your TBR today. And just a quick aside to revisit the exclusive Writer Files Patreon community where subscribers get access to uncut ad-free interviews, a writer's happy hour, bonus breakdowns, and a lot more. I know that for serious writers, it can be more distracting than ever to cut through the noise, stay productive, and home in on what's happening in the publishing industry. Over eight years, we've provided a looking glass into the habits of professional writers and publishing industry insiders. And as your humble host, I've decided to launch a membership-based Patreon for serious scribes to cut through the noise, swap tips and tricks, and hang out with like-minded peers. Just head over to patreon.com slash the writer files for bonus writing resources, monthly episode breakdowns, writer's happy hour, a community of your peers, ad-free episodes, and more. It's free to join to get a preview and you can upgrade anytime. That's patreon.com slash the writer files. Help us start something cool and special. Keep calm and write on. Well, I understand that, you know, your, your, your work obviously sounds like it's informed in a part by kind of what, obviously what's happening to you in your real life. And I want to talk about the kind of the evolution to, from temporary to terrorist story. But yeah, I mean, I've heard, I've heard the term magical realism mentioned um, about your work, but of course, surrealism, satire. Um, and you mentioned that you were a playwright. Is there any piece of this kind of theater of the absurd that goes <laughs> into your work a bit? Probably, yeah. I mean, I, I haven't really spent a lot of time considering that, but I'm but surely there is there's a heavy dose of musical theater in there and the kind of camp that goes along with that. Um, I, I understand why all those words are attached to my work and to work like mine, but I like to push back on it, not just to be a contrarian, but also because I think, I think when, when we're talking about surrealism or fiction, that's strange. It, it has a way of cutting it off from reality when, when you categorize it like that and not you when one categorizes uh -huh. it like that. And I, I, I really think of myself as a realist, writer in some ways because I think that the world doesn't stop with my understanding of it you know I think there are things that 
at the bottom of the ocean, for example, or just even in our own consciousness that we don't have access to, that we can't visualize, that we can't even really approach. And so the world is surreal. You know, the real is surreal. And I think I'm just interested in the parts of reality that are a little bit more invisible or hard hmm. to address. So that's, yeah, but I, I think, <laughs> I don't know. That's, I think of myself as a realist. I really do. Cool. But yeah, um, it's super interesting Tara's story. Obviously the reception has been very cool to see. Uh, and it comes out next month, comes out in mm -hmm. August. Yeah. And yeah, it's been described as an intimate exploration of time, a fable about love, an epic daydream for a broken hearted world. Um, and, at, you know, we're not going to do any spoilers here, but the title does reveal quite a bit. Um, I thought it was interesting. Your epigraph from Virginia Woolf's To the Lighthouse. Now, is that a tell or is that like a, <laughs> a feint uh, or just like a nod to a, a literary lion? It's a, a nod and a wink, maybe, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's I don't know if it gives too much away, but it's certainly, you know, an influence for sure. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um, well, Booklist called it a uh, fun and profound, fickle and erudite, and an irresistibly cool book. I thought that was fantastic. So Jasmine Chan said of the book, prepare to be astonished, like the magical terrace of its title. Hillary Leichter's spectacular second novel contains the whole world. And of course, Hernan Diaz, who has been on this show, Pulitzer Prize winning author of Trust, who I, who I always mispronounce his name, Hernan I'm sorry. Uh, Hillary Leichter, one of our most original novelists, amazes us again with a beautifully unclassifiable novel. Uh, I thought this was cool. Step out onto the terrace where space and time, cause and effect, and fiction and reality have been redefined and gorgeously subverted. What a, what a cool blurb. So cool. I feel really grateful to have those, you know, literary lions on the back of my book. <laughs> but it's real. No, I really mean it. <laughs> Yeah, very yeah. cool. I mean, yeah, Hernan is, uh, man, he's so cool. He has such an interesting kind of um, view of fiction and, and mm -hmm. outstanding. Yeah, Jasmine and Hernan are, are friends, and I just admire both of their work so much. So, yeah, to be mentioned even in the same breath as their writing is a, is a thrill for me. It really is. Well, um, so talk a little bit about the kind of the seed of inspiration uh, behind Tara's story. And of course, I understand that, you know, it's kind of a shift away from um, temporary in that you were kind of exploring life and work under late capitalism and obviously the gig economy. But Tara's story kind of delves more into matters of the heart, I understand. And, and you were writing it on your lunch breaks in a tiny apartment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I started writing terrorist story as a short story in 2017. And yes, I was living in a tiny, tiny apartment with my husband and dreaming of outdoor space as one does. And that's the story that came out. And um, I wrote it uh, over the course of a couple of months, I would say. And then it was published in spring of 2020, which was a very different time. And suddenly we were all we were in lockdown and we were all cramped and, you know, cabin fevered in a very different way because of the pandemic. And uh, the story opened up for me in a new way. I 
you know, it, it, it came to mean something that I hadn't anticipated. And I started thinking about it again, even though I had finished it. And I was curious about the themes of space and distance and intimacy in the story and how I could expand or contract those themes. I was curious about ideas of grief and loneliness in the story and how those were mirrored suddenly in the outside world and in the kind of ongoing tragedy that we were all experienced both experiencing both on a communal and a personal level. And so I started writing again and finished the novel and you know it was it was surprising that it became longer it wasn't something I had ever anticipated but it was like you know in the in the story it's a it's about a family that finds uh, a terrace hidden in the closet of their apartment and so it was like I found a novel hidden in the apartment of my short story and that's kind of how I think about it it was hiding there the whole time and something in reality had to jar it out of where it was hidden that's so interesting to hear you describe it like that. Well, I understand, and congrats that it was part of a two-book deal. So I'm wondering now if this, if if we have a trilogy of <laughs> tea-themed uh, novels <laughs> to look forward to in this cracked mirror style. Well, yeah, I mean, I so the the next book. I guess it technically right now, the title that I sold it under, it starts with the word the. So it is technically <laughs> another T title. But okay. my agent did say you cannot have another book that begins with the letter T <laughs> as a joke. <laughs> um, but I, I'm not sure if that is going to be the final title anyway. So I don't I don't want to disappoint you. I don't want to get your hopes okay. up. But I, it is sort of a loose trilogy in the sense that in in all three books, the new book as well, I'm thinking about time. And my first book, Temporary, was about the gig economy. It was about a woman who her whole role in life is to be a temp and to work these placements and fill in for other people. And that's the sum of her existence. But it's also about temporality and the fleeting ephemeral nature of life and how our planet is ephemeral. And Tara's story is is also about those things. It's about kind of imagining time as working differently. And if if everything ends, how do we recontextualize endings and beginnings and the middles of stories? And do things that happen first or are those things more important just because they've happened first? What happens if something that happens last happens first. And so moving around the order of life to better understand why and how it has to end. And my new book that I'm working on now is also, it plays with time in a, in a very different way. It's sort of historical fiction, but with a, with a twist, because I can't help myself apparently. <laughs> <laughs> cool. That sounds yeah. very cool. Yeah. Interesting to hear you also kind of talk about it in that in that sense but um yeah uh any short stories on the horizon at all or do you think that's something that oh. you kind of will dip in and out of or kind of leave on the i'm like putting the finishing touches on one 
right now. I don't want to, I'm knocking on wood because I don't want to jinx it. I've, <laughs> I haven't written a new short story in forever. So I don't know what this one is or if it's anything or uh, we'll see. But I, it's always really hard for me to start writing again right after finishing a big project. And I feel like my brain is still very much in in terrace story land. So, hmm. mm-hmm. so I had this idea and started messing around with it and was just so afraid that I wouldn't be able to write a single word down on the page, but I, I did. So that's exciting. But yeah, I don't, I'm not sure what it is yet. We'll see. But yeah, only one short story right now. And then my, my new novel that is, uh, you know, a rough draft to say the least. <laughs> so, Gotcha. Yeah. Um, well, very cool. And yeah, I would love to talk a little bit about your process as an author now, how, maybe how it has changed or, you know, kind of uh, evolved over the years. But um, yeah, talk a little bit. I mean, do you still have a day job as well? Well, I teach. I teach at Columbia and elsewhere around the city. And um, this coming semester, I've taken a small step back from it just so I can do book tour things, but cobbling together different teaching positions is, is my day job at the moment. So mm-hmm. yeah, but I used to, you know, up until 2021, I want to say my, my day job was I was a copy editor mm-hmm. and then I also taught on top of that. And so I had a lot of, a lot more things <laughs> in the mix. Um, but yeah, teaching is my, my day job currently. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. I do want to you know, dig in a little bit more on process and kind of understand how you get pages, given um, all the things that you're doing. Obviously, right now you're promoting, but, you know, kind of walk us through on the, on the best day. You know, if you, if you get a whole day to write or, you know, you get a little retreat, um, what, what does a good, good period kind of look or feel like for you? Yeah, I, I wish I knew. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great no it's a great question i i think my i fear my habits are unhealthy but they're the only way i know how to get anything done so this is what i do i i think about things for a very long time you know years i mean i started writing terror story in 2017 and it it was as a short story but that's already six years ago i ruminate and i obsess and i spiral through 
the different ways things could turn out for the world of a story, the characters in the story, the conceit of the story. And then after, and it's not outlining, you know, I'm not writing anything down. I'm not mapping anything out, but I find that much like with anxiety, (laughs) the more you think about something, the paths toward that thing become well-trod, right? And so the more I've ruminated on a book, it becomes this place that I've visited many times. And so when I sit down to write about it, I know the way back there. And I, I've never given directions to anyone because I haven't written it yet, but, but I can see how to get there and where to go. Um, and so, so that's my, my initial process is just not writing at all. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then I write really quickly. I wrote, temporary and terrorist story both each individually over the course of a month and i i don't know how to explain that i this new book is not going to be like that so it's not like this is how i do everything every time but for some reason that kind of marinating on an idea for ages it's just ready to come out by the time i'm ready to write it Um, And then after I have that first draft, which is, you know, raw and full of a lot of things that won't make it to the final version, then I really ferociously edit for about a year. Um, And this time the editing process was happening, you know, post selling the book kind of in between, you know, editing it, sending it back to my editor and uh, taking these two month gaps where I would just kind of revise everything again Um, with temporary that all pretty much happened before, before I sold the book. And yeah, that's, (laughs) that's my very weird process. I don't know. Is it weird? I mean, you talk to a lot of writers. Is that, is that strange? I don't think think so. I I mean, you know, I think, I think there's a full spectrum, honestly, um, of, you know, we always talk about the plotters versus the pantsers. And I'm sure, I'm sure you talk about this with your students, mm-hmm. you know, that there's obviously more than one way to skin a cat mm-hmm. and do what works. You know, you got to do what works, but if yeah. you're not writing, if you're not writing, then that's a whole other thing, you know? So, well, when I'm not writing, I'm reading and that's so important. Like reading is such a huge part of writing for me. And I think there's this sense that maybe sometimes people think of those as two different activities, but they're, I don't think they are. I think they're because the, the things you read, those are the things you use to make the thing that you want to make. So um, it's all, it's all connected. So when I'm reading, I feel like I'm at the beginning of a writing process. And then I, I kind of do like reverse research where I've written that raw first draft and um, I sit with it for a long time. I'm editing it. I'm thinking about it and I kind of figure out what it is my book is about in that process of editing. And from there I can start to look for the things that I need to make it a better book. Um, One of the books that was really important to me 
to read, which I, which I had never read before while I was editing Tara's story, is the Poetics of Space. And you know, there there were th- it's it's so interesting the way like kind of time loops around different works of literature. There were things that I had felt and thrown into my book that you know were were right there on the page, described beautifully in terms of their thematic resonance and um, I felt like it was the book that I had needed all along but maybe I wouldn't have found it until after my draft was done so yeah reverse research is really helpful to me that's interesting I have not heard that term before I don't so think it's a, it's I don't think it's real <laughs> Kelton I think <laughs> you just invented I it. yeah it's not a thing <laughs> I have a wait. Are you a time traveler? Wait, can you? Oh my god! What? Understand? <laughs> you come from the future. I I really hope not. But it would explain <laughs> a lot. It would explain a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, congrats, of course, on the forthcoming upcoming, which is out August 29th, I'm excited to say. Um, available for pre-order now. Terror story. Your home base there is HillaryLechter.com. You're on the socials. We can connect with you there. Um, lots going on. Obviously, some events on the horizon uh, coming up in August, which is very exciting. And yeah, congrats on the early uh, reception. I'm sure it's going to be a pretty wild ride for you. And um, yeah, best of luck with the third. Before we sign off with your kind of advice to your fellow scribes, and I'm sure you have quite a bit. Yeah, a fun one for you if you could have dinner or drinks or both to your favorite spot in the world with any author from any era. Uh, as, <laughs> as a time traveler, I'm sure you're, you're familiar with this scenario. Uh, who would you take and where would you take that? Oh my God. I think I would want to have dinner with Lori Colwyn at her apartment because it would be delicious. <laughs> it would be so good. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's my answer. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. So I'm sure that, uh, Lori is cooking. Yes. So, uh, I mean, one would hope, you know, she was a wonderful, <laughs> um, there's wonderful food in her fiction and her recipes and books about cooking are, are wonderful as well. So. Perfect. All right. So we'll, we'll put the bill for the groceries. Uh, what Thank are you. we drinking? What are we drinking? Ugh. Why are these questions so hard for me? They shouldn't be. <laughs> I mean, um, I can pick out some nice wines if you want. I think like a nice wine or like a really nice martini. It's so yeah. hot right now. I don't, I actually, I think my air conditioner is not functioning. Oh no. Because <laughs> um, it just got, it just got progressively warmer as we were talking. Uh, um, but maybe because I'm nervous. Uh so like wine <laughs> sounds great, but like a really cold martini sounds. Yeah. With, with an olive. Yeah, shaken or shaken. the ice is like broken in there, like little yes. shards. Of, yeah, perfect. shaken, dirty with olives. Yeah, excellent. Mm-hmm. Dirty martinis mm-hmm. on the lanai with Lori sounds like a plan. Um, well, very cool. Again, congrats on the latest. And uh, yeah, just any advice you have for fellow scribes. I know you, as an educator, you bump up against aspiring scribes all the time. You know, and just yeah, that advice on just how to keep going, how to persevere. Um, during the lean times, I guess. Uh, listen to the things that make sense to you. 
throw away the things that don't, including anything that I said today, and have confidence in your own ideas and your your imagination and read everything. That's my advice. I love it. Have confidence in your imagination. Read every, literally everything, but not everything on the internet. No, 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 no. <laughs> Definitely not the comments. Never read the comments. <laughs> Never read the comments. Damn it. Uh, thank you so much, Hillary, for taking the time to do this. Definitely look forward to wrapping with you again in the future once the uh, T trilogy is complete. <laughs> And uh, don't tell your don't tell your cohorts that I said that. But um, if they're listening to this, I apologize for influencing you. No, they'll love it. They'll love it. Don't worry. it'll be fine. <laughs> you have a wonderful uh, rest of your day. Hope you, hopefully you can get that air conditioning uh, going again and um, cool off a little bit with a nice cold martini. <laughs> Thank you, Kelton. Yeah, I'll I'll be toasting to you. Thank you so much for having me on today. Thanks so much for joining us for this file. And if you're a fan of the show, simply head over to writerfiles.fm for more. That's writerfiles.fm.